mind that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name, would care to feel my hurt. Who am I? Welcome to Who Am I? with Pastor Greg Tyra of Harvest Chapel in Williamsport, Indiana. We're glad you could join us as we teach through the Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Today's lesson is one in which we know you'll be enlightened to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's listen in to Pastor Greg as we launch today's lesson on Who Am I? Welcome to our Resurrection Sunday service. Um, I don't really have a complete text today. I want to run over a few things. I will be going into Psalm 2 in a minute if you want to turn there. Um, let's pray. Father, thank you for your mercy, for your grace, for your love for us. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for his death, burial, and yes, his resurrection. He has risen. He has risen indeed. Thank you that he's soon returning to take us home to be with him for eternity. We pray that you would wake us up and you would give us encouragement and you would remind us that you are our hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I want to give you hope and I want to encourage you, but I also want to remind you that we are in a war. It's a spiritual war for souls. And God is sovereign, and, and he's going to use all things for good. Uh, we know that. What the devil means for bad, God will use for good. This COVID-19 scam, deception, crisis, whatever it is, I believe it's man-made. Will, will God allow them to bring ten plagues like he did upon the nation of Israel as they try to be like the Most High God? That's the question. Is this the first of ten? How many will he allow them to bring? Listen, the whole world is underneath the sway of the wicked one, 1 John 5, 19. I know you are of God, but the whole world lies underneath the sway of the wicked one. And the world does not want us to preach Jesus. The world does not want us to preach resurrection. The world does not want us to be in fellowship together, iron sharpening iron and the living stones being chipped away at. It's one of the fundamental things for the church to be built, to be in the word, prayer, and fellowship and take communion together to remind one another and encourage one another that the Lord is coming soon. It's in Acts 2.42. That's how the early church lived. And then we are reminded, we are commanded not, that, that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but we're to encourage one another. And all the more as we see the day approaching, we are supposed to be in fellowship. And the world does, they, they don't want us to be in fellowship, especially not on Resurrection Sunday. Now, I get it. I get it that we have voluntarily stopped, but there are people that have been put in jail, and there are people that are being told they can't meet. They can't go out with their family. And listen, I get it that we're supposed to be loving our neighbors. I get that. 
But the devil wants to isolate us. The devil wants to decimate us. The devil wants to destroy us. The devil wants to rob, kill, and destroy us. That's all he has come for. And God wants us to be in the word, prayer, and fellowship together. The world wants us to be silent. And we say, well, we're satisfied with an electronic service. We're satisfied with Zoom. We're satisfied with their technology. We're satisfied for now just to, to, to run these things across the Internet. And we're actually reaching more people than we ever have, some might say. Really? Are they believers? Are they just tuning in, hoping to find something? Now, I know that we do want to be salt, and we do want to get the message out. I know that Paul wrote some of his letters when he was in chains and was bound, and it, and, and it became the Bible. It's effective. But are we really going to settle for taking one of the legs of our stool from under us? No fellowship of one another? We can't get around one another? We can't encourage one another. And all the more as we see the day approaching, which is what we see right now. The day is quickly upon us. You see, we are living stones. And the spirit of Antichrist is at work in all of this. And he does not want us fellowshipping. Many are saying things like, oh, how cool and how neat. We get to be in our houses on Resurrection Sunday like the first Passover, which is where all of this comes from in Exodus 12. It's where it gets its beginnings, Resurrection Sunday celebration. Listen, the first Passover, Exodus 12, you can go read it. I'm not going to go there. Listen, understand what was going on. God told them specifically what to do. God told them to stay in their house. God told them on the tenth and the sun, he was going to bring the tenth and the final plague upon the nation of Egypt, upon Pharaoh. He had warned them, he had asked them, let my people go to worship me. Don't have my people in bondage. Set them free. He sent Moses. Moses was a type of Christ. Moses' his name means one drawn out. God is drawing out his people from the world. Then he has to take the world out of them. So he told them in that final plague that on the tent in the sun, they were to choose a lamb. That was last week, the triumphal entry, Palm Sunday. They chose Jesus when they said, Hosanna, Hosanna, save now. They were choosing Jesus as he rode a donkey in to the city. They were supposed to choose that lamb, inspect that lamb, become acquainted with that lamb. And listen, if the lamb was too big for their family, they were supposed to have fellowship with another family by inviting them to enjoy the lamb with them. And then at twilight on the 14th of the sun, they were to kill it. And they were to put the blood with a hyssop branch across the doorpost of their houses. And when the death angel come to kill all of the firstborn of Egypt, it would pass over the children in the land of Goshen, God's people, because they were being obedient. They were being in their house. But listen, all the firstborn of Egypt were killed. 
What is the significance? The firstborn of Egypt were all dedicated to their thousand temples and their, or excuse me, their thousand gods and their three thousand temples as priests. God was once and for all proven that he was almighty. He was destroying their entire false religious system, proving to them that they could do nothing against him, the most high God, the only God. Point. Jesus comes in on the 10th of Nisan, and then he has a week of questioning where they question him. On the 14th of Nisan, they killed him at twilight. If that was the end, it would be pitiful. But he got up out of the grave on the third day. Resurrection Sunday. That's what this is about. Resurrection Sunday. Listen, we are in our houses, but God didn't tell us to be. The government did. We are in our houses because of some other authority other than the authority we're supposed to be under. Listen, instead of the priest of the world being killed, all the believer priests are trapped in their houses where they have to use electronics to share the gospel. Now I know the true saints, the true saints are still trying to make sure that they're not silenced and get the gospel out. But we're all called to be witnesses, and we're all believer priests, and it's God's priests who are silenced this time. It's God's priests where it becomes hard to share the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let me just run over this really quick for you. The government told us and instructed us to stay in our homes. Now, I get that we're supposed to be loving our neighbors and being kind and not spreading something that I don't see really spreading the way that they say. I have a great friend who had a whole family living in the same house with him, and he got it, and all of his grandkids and his wife, and nobody else caught it. And they were in the same house with him for over a week. So I don't know how it's being transmitted. I, I know that, that, that people are getting sick, but there's something where the devil's in the making of this. There's something going on where man is trying to control the population. Man is trying to deceive. Listen. Second point. Government told us, not God. Um, the believer priests are silenced. They're not in fellowship. Now, I know there's some people that's getting a little bit of fellowship. Listen, babies are still being killed in the womb in most places. So it's not, you know, when the, when the, when the priests were killed in Egypt, it was adults that were being false idol priests. They were to false gods. We're still killing babies while believer priests are in the house. There's probably demonic... There's probably demonic activity going on where those that are behind all of this are making sacrifices to the devil everywhere now. One world government is on the move. It is moving forward. So most of this, if not every single instant of it, is the opposite of the first Passover, where God was setting his people free. 
He was removing them from false idols. He was bringing them out of bondage. He was delivering them to a land of milk and honey. So not so cool that we're trapped in our houses as one world government moves forward. But listen, another point. God is laughing. God is sovereignly in control. God is the one that is allowing them to do this and bringing them all. He's going to bring them all to his place in the valley of Megiddo, the valley of, Ge of, of Jezreel. Look at Psalms 2. That's where I promised you I would camp for a minute. Psalms 1 really tells us who the blessed man is and who the ungodly is. The one who walks, stands, and sits with the world is the ungodly. But the one who delights in the Lord is the godly. The one who listens to the Lord comes underneath the authority of God. Look what it says here in Psalms 2. Why do the nations rage, worldly governments, and the people plot vain things, those who are running them? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together. They're plotting and planning. They've got some COVID going on. They've got something going on with currency. I don't know the truth. I just know the truth of Jesus, and he's the one I need to know and keep my eyes on because he's got this. They take counsel together against, not just counsel together where they're like, what should we do to fix this? How should we do it? They're against the Lord and against his anointed, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, who is risen. He is risen indeed. Saying, let us break their bonds in pieces. Notice it's a there that's capital. God's bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. Cast away their bonds. Cast away their cords. Listen, cords means something that's entwined. It's a cord. It's a rope. It can be a chain. It can be a thick bough or a branch. And the bonds is chastisement. That's the first word you get, it's, it's, and their chastisement, to try to reprove them. That's where it comes from, a word, uh, it means their halter, like on a horse. You put a halter on it to lead them around. You know, it, it, it's maybe the, the word of God that's supposed to be leading us, the ways of God that's supposed to be governing us, that's supposed to be our authority because he created us, to restrain us from killing ourselves. It comes from a word that means to correct, reprove, and to teach. That's what God's chastisement always is, is to teach us, to reprove us, to correct us, to, to bring us more into his liking so we won't kill ourselves. But we rage against him. Really, his bonds are bonds of love. His chastisement is chastisement of love. So we don't kill ourselves. The original uh, uh, one world government, Nimrod, was hunting souls. And God's grace, he confused their languages so they would separate instead of judging them then. It was by his grace that we're still standing. So he goes on, he said, they're, try, they're trying to they take counsel against me and make plans against their, and get out of their bonds and get out of their courts, come out from under the authority of God. He who sits in the heavens, who sits on the throne? God Almighty sits on the throne. There's only one seat. And the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. It means to deride or to speak unintelligibly. To laugh, to scorn, and to mock them. 
That's pretty amazing, huh? That God would do that because there is no wisdom and counsel against the Lord. And they make their plans against the Lord and His anointed who has risen. He's risen indeed. Amen. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath. He's going to judge them. His word is going to stand and distress them in his deep displeasure. He's going to give them over to strong delusion. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. He's going to be on that throne forever and ever. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Yes, a virgin birth with Mary. But from the grave, resurrection. He has risen. He has risen indeed. He said, I have begotten you back from the grave. Because the grave couldn't hold you. You couldn't be bound. You were not going to see corruption. You were a perfect sacrifice. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. And we get to be joint heirs with him. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. The sons of disobedience who reject the authority of God. Who take counsel and, and, and who follow those who take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed. Those who follow the world and the system or systems that are diametrically opposed to God. Those who are following this world that's underneath the sway of the wicked one. Who is getting ready to set up his antichrist. The church needs to wake up. Now, therefore, be wise, O kings. He's going to give them some counsel here. He's going to speak to them. He gives them a chance after chance. Just as remember the final chance that Jesus gave Judas when he broke bread and he gave it to him. And he said, take it, eat. And he went out and it was dark. He offered him the last time of fellowship to eat with him, to sup with him, to open his heart's door and receive him as the Messiah. And he went out and it was dark forever as he betrayed the Lord. He gives them counsel. Verse 10. Now therefore be wise, old kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son lest he be angry and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are those who put their trust in him. And actually says, there's a note here that says, instead of kiss the son, lest he be angry, embrace discipline and receive instruction. That's what chastisement is. In the New Testament, in Hebrews chapter 12, it's a word that's used for training a child in the way that he's supposed to go. It's chastisement. You rebuke with love, you restrain with love, and teach them the right way. The Word of God corrects us. It stands us back up again in the place where we're supposed to be. That's what correction is for. It's not to destroy us. It's to love us so that we don't destroy ourselves. And keep eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because that's what our base nature would do, our sin nature. He says, blessed are all those who put their trust in Him. All those who have faith in Him question is which side are you going to be on 
in that day in the valley of Armageddon, in the valley of Megiddo, in the valley of Jezreel, when the nations are joined to fight. Who is your authority? Who do you trust in? Who do you have faith in? Did your God raise from the grave on the third day? Listen, this is not about Easter. Easter is from Ishtar, a pagan fertility god. Bunnies don't lay eggs. They've been trying to cover up and distort and distract and deceive about the resurrection since the beginning. Without the resurrection, we're just playing church. If Jesus didn't get up, we're still waiting for a Messiah, just as the nation of Israel is. And they're soon going to enthrone a false Messiah. Daniel 9, 7, 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, and 4 in that area. They're going to choose a false Messiah that's going to save the world. Jesus has already saved the world. It is finished. And you can trust in him. Are you trusting in him? Are you trusting in some pagan fertility god? Are you worshiping this god? Sadly, thousands if not ten thousands of churches, pastors are going to encourage their people to enjoy some fellowship while they hunt Easter eggs. That's a sad commentary to the church when we know this is about resurrection. That Jesus is risen. He has risen indeed. Listen, we are in a battle. It's a spiritual war. It's a war for truth. The attack is upon truth. Truth is a person. It's Jesus the Christ of Nazareth, the anointing of God. He rose from the grave. That's what this day is all about. He's the true Messiah. He's the Savior of the world. And He's coming soon to judge the world. He rode in on Palm Sunday, the tent of Nisan, on a donkey, a beast of burden. But he's coming back. He's coming back soon on a white horse to conquer, to judge, to punish the sons of disobedience. You know, that week of questioning, they questioned him. They inspected him. They didn't share him. They didn't have fellowship with him. They didn't tell the neighbors about him. They crucified him. They killed him. Even though seven times he was pronounced innocent. I find no harm in this man. I find nothing wrong with this man. Pilate would say. He says, I have a custom and I have released so that he can be nice to the Jews. I always release a prisoner. I have here Jesus of Nazareth. I have here Barabbas. Barabbas, we know it, given the testimony in the Bible, was an insurrectionist, a murderer. Which do you want me to release? And the religious ruling authorities, those who thought they knew God and have walked away from God, they stirred the crowd up to choose Barabbas. And he said, what do you want me to do with this Jesus? Crucify him. Away with him. Away with such a one. And they beat him and they scourged him. And they led him away. 
carrying his own cross to be crucified. Again, as we've talked before, the irony is, is Barabbas' name. The names mean something. Name means God's authority, his character, his nature, his will. It's the name above all names is Jesus Christ. He has authority above all authority because he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords because God has put his seal upon him. He's the Messiah of God. But Barabbas' name, Bar, when you're reading in the Greek, I believe in the Hebrew too, Bar means son of. Remember when it's Simon Bar Jonah? It's it's Simon. He's the son of Jonah. Bar Abbas means son of the father. And the crowds chose, the Jews chose the wrong Messiah. And sadly, the false Messiah, the Antichrist, is coming, and they're going to choose him again. The wrong Messiah. They're going, to, they're going to choose the son of the father of all lies where the devil puts his spirit and his power in the Antichrist. It's coming soon. Be awake. Be aware. Jesus rose again. He has risen. He has risen indeed. It was prophesied the grave couldn't hold him. Listen. They even anointed him with oil and put him in a borrowed tomb. Listen, the, the fragrance of the oil was probably very strong, but we didn't need the fragrance because he wasn't going to decay. He wasn't going to smell like other corpses because God had promised he would not see decay. His fragrance was the fragrance of life. Do you have the fragrance of life? We're supposed to be the fragrance of life, Paul tells us, to those who are perishing. They're supposed to be able to smell that life upon us. He has risen. He has risen indeed. Listen, we need to rise up. We need to stand up and not shut up. That's our position. It's a position of victory. A position to stand in. It's Ephesians 6, if you'll turn there with me. Ephesians 6, beginning in verse 10. You know it well. You know it. You might put on the armor every day. Do we understand that it's putting on Christ? Every piece of the armor is Christ. I'm not going to spend much time on it. I just want to remind you that we are in a spiritual war. And our enemy is mighty, but God is almighty. He laughs at them. He's going to hold them in derision. He's put them under strong delusion. We should not be following their delusion because he's told us the truth in his word. This is Resurrection Sunday. He has risen. He has risen indeed. And one day we're going to rise in the resurrection with him. One day we're going to meet him in the cloud. We're going to meet him in the air. And thus we'll be with him always. And we're supposed to encourage one another with that word. 610, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Are we looking to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might? Or are we looking to be strong in this world, in this culture? See, God wants to take these things away from us. He wants us to be looking to Him. It's not a matter of whether you have stuff. It's a matter of what you're trusting in. Blessed are all those who trust in Him. Not trust in your government. Not trust in your job, not trust in your, you fill in the blank. 
But are you trusting in him and his provision and his Messiah, that his Messiah has risen? It's the evidence that his blood was accepted as an atoning sacrifice for you and me, that we're justified by his resurrection. Just as if we never sinned because all of our sin has been paid for. It's all been paid for. When you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Be strong in the Lord. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Are you being led by the spirit? As many as are led by the spirit, these are the children of God. These are the ones that are trusting in him. These are the ones that believe in him. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Standing is what we're called to do. Standing. Not running, not fleeing, not shutting up, standing. It's histamai. It means to abide and continue, remain, to be established, to stand still, to stand up, not to shut up. To get up and tell somebody that Jesus got up out of the grave. Have you got up out of the grave? Or are you still dead? Have you received life? Do you have the fragrance of life? Are you putting on the whole armor of God so you can stand against the, the wiles of the devil, the tactics, the tricks, the deception? For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. It's a spiritual battle. We can't see, but we can see around us what's going on by the death around us, by the disease around us, by the sin around us, by the deception around us. We can see that there's a battle. The devil is trying to destroy us. He wants to remove one of the legs. And now we're balancing on just the word and prayer. We don't have the fellowship with the other believers so that we can encourage them, so we can counsel them, so we can speak to one another. Oh, we still have fellowship with the Lord. We still have fellowship with His Spirit. We still have fellowship with His Word. But an intricate part of that third leg to balance us on is with others who will call us out, others who will speak to us and say we're off base. Others who can encourage us how to love our wives as Christ loved the church. How to be a good father. How to parent our children. How to receive chastisement. How to quit looking at the world and trusting in its systems that are diametrically opposed to God. Are you caught up in this culturality, this apostasy? Are you caught up in this religious system that has no power, that's tickling ears? that's following the, the culture, that's following the government, that's following the world, that's getting its provision from somebody other than the God Almighty who sent Jesus to provide for all of our needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus? Who are you trusting in, saying? Blessed are those who put their trust in Him. He's a perfect provider, a perfect sacrifice, a perfect God. He's a perfect Savior. To give us a perfect salvation. 
Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Always put on the armor. Put on Christ in the word, prayer, and fellowship. Put on Christ. You can get the tape on this text. I'm just going to go through it a little bit, make a few comments. Stand therefore. Look how many times he's going to tell us to histamine. To stand up and not to shut up. To get up. To abide and continue and remain. Be established in the faith. To build endurance. To run the race to win. To be led by the Spirit. Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth. Jesus is truth. It all hinges upon Him being truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. He has given us His righteousness. It isn't your works. It isn't you that does it. It's believing in him and receiving that righteousness, justification by faith. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's what the gospel's for, to bring people back to peace with God through Christ Jesus. We should be putting it on our feet and taking our walk to tell others. But we're in our houses, kept from fellowship, kept from witnessing, kept from testifying of the love of God and the hope of God and the anchor of our soul who's coming soon to take us home. Above all things, having put on the shield of faith where which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one through faith. We believe the truth. Through faith, we believe that God created the heavens and the earth. Through faith, we believe that the elders received a better testimony. Through faith, we're told of Enoch and Abel and all the Old Testament testimonies of how they trusted in God. And they were blessed because they trusted in Him. And they looked to Him. And they all died in faith. They didn't get lost trusting in something else. It's a shield of faith that protects us from the lies of the wicked one, from the sway of the wicked one. This whole world's underneath the sway. Every government is underneath the sway. Every government that's not underneath the theocracy of God is underneath the sway. And take up the helmet of salvation. Protect your mind. Put on deliverance from the sin nature and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's what Jesus used in the wilderness when that wicked one come to attack him. When that wicked one come against him and that wicked one wielded the sword back at him and misquoted the Word and left out God protecting him in all of his ways. He left out part of that trust, part of that faith. And Jesus corrected him every time. And the devil had to flee because he cannot handle truth. And then he says, praying always. I had a gentleman ask me today who has had a brain injury. He says, am I praying too much? Oh, would to God that we would all feel like we pray too much. Because I'm sure we don't pray enough. Am I praying too much, he said. Praying always with all prayer 
and supplication. Prayer is a dependency upon God. It's looking to line our hearts and our desires up with God to do His will for His glory for such a time as this. If we're not praying, we're definitely living in the flesh and pursuing to do our will and we're underneath the sway of the wicked one right along with the government and right along with everybody else. Doing the will of the devil. We're supposed to be praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, as we walk in the Spirit, as we trust the Spirit, as the Spirit leads us to pray. And we're supposed to be watchful to this end with all perseverance. To this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. When's the last time you prayed for some other saints? Not prayed to the saints. I said prayed for other saints. Because there's saints and there's saints. If you believe in Jesus, you become a saint because of salvation. Because of what he did on the cross. And we pray to God Almighty in the name of Jesus. Because we know Jesus, we can come boldly to the throne of grace. To obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We find truth. We find that he has risen. He has risen indeed. This is Resurrection Sunday. This is all about resurrection. And the devil is all about lies and deception. And Paul asks, And for me that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in change, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Are we all ambassadors in chains now voluntarily because we love our neighbors? Because we're listening to the government? Because we're believing a lie? Now, I don't mean that in any way. If you have COVID-19, if your family members have COVID-19, I do understand that people are getting sick. I do understand that. But again, look at the numbers for the drug addict that died last year. Look at the numbers for the people with the flu that died last year. Look at the numbers for the people who, who uh, were, were killed uh, in car accidents. Look at the numbers of abortions last year. It's sad that anybody would perish, especially if they perish not knowing Jesus. It's very sad. I pray for our safety. I pray for your safety. I pray that we would not be deceived by the wicked one and come underneath his authority by listening to what he says through the governments, through the Antichrist, through the lies that are being portrayed to control the masses. But I pray that we would hear clearly the voice of God Almighty and we would obey him. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit would say to the church today. Today is Resurrection Sunday. He has risen. He has risen indeed. And he's coming back soon to take the chosen home. And blessed is the man who trusts in him. Are you trusting in him today? Are you looking to him today? Are you drawing near to him today? Are you getting into the word prayer and yes, fellowship? The best you can right now as you love your neighbor. Paul, who was in chains, wanted to still be able to speak boldly 
and not hold back the truth because he was he was didn't want to be afraid of Nero killing him. He didn't want to be afraid that somebody might. He knew that to be absent from the body would be present with the Lord. We are in a battle. But do you remember the battle? As you put on the armor of God? Do you remember the battle was in that Exodus 12, that first Passover? That God had come to deliver his people and take them into a land of milk and honey. And he had sent a messenger, a deliverer in Moses, and told Pharaoh to let my people go. Pharaoh was a type of Satan who was over Egypt, which is a type of the world. You and I have been set free from Satan if we believe in Jesus. And just as God took or attempted to take Egypt out of the children of Israel after he took them out of Egypt, he wants to take the world out of us the same way he's taken us out of the world if we believe in Jesus. But most people who call themselves saints and attend church regularly are still trapped in the world. Apostate, living in culturanity. I don't say that with any boasting. We're all trapped in certain ways. And God is chastising us. God is loving us. God is trying to train us and lead us out with his spirit so that we can hear his voice and follow him and tell others and be a witness. But what was that message? Let my people go so they can worship me. Are you in bondage today? Bondage to the world? Bondage to your job? Bondage to your finances? Are you in bondage today? Are you making brick without straw? Do you remember that? They were so mad at Moses because he spoke up. Because he boldly spoke the gospel that Jesus or that God had given him to speak. Pharaoh took their straw and said, You make brick, just make as much brick, but without straw. And they were mad at Moses. They weren't, they weren't mad at Pharaoh. They didn't see Pharaoh as the enemy. They seen that Moses was the enemy, the one that came to deliver them out, the one that was to deliver in the message. I fear that we do the same thing today. And we look to Pharaoh or the ruler of this world as our help. And we blame the one who is delivering us. And we believe the wrong messenger. And we receive the wrong Messiah, just as the nation of Israel will again. Which son are you trusting in? Do you know that he is resurrected? He is risen? He has risen indeed? Does Satan have you caught up? Are you in bondage? Have you been set free? It is Resurrection Sunday. Today, let's commit to understand what it means for Jesus to get up out of the grave. Let's commit to understand that this is Resurrection Sunday. Let's commit to get into the word prayer and yes, fellowship. Fellowship with one another. 
just as quick as we can, maybe even before they allow it. I'm not trying to incite anything. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Listen, come out from among them and begin to trust in the Messiah, the anointed, in Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who poured out his blood on a cross for us. And he rose again on the third day. This is Resurrection Sunday. He has risen. He has risen indeed. Father, thank you for your son Jesus. Thank you for calling us out of darkness and calling us home. Help us to surrender and listen to your voice and stop being led by the sway of this world. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Help us to receive with meekness the implanted word for the continued saving of our souls, Lord. Set us apart. Thank you for calling us out. Thank you that we live in uh, a separate from the world. But Lord, help us to speak boldly as we ought to speak. And help us to always tell everyone that he has risen. He has risen indeed. And his name is Jesus the name above all names, the name by which one day every knee will bow to the praise of his glory. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you. And that concludes today's message on Who Am I? with Pastor Greg Tyra of Harvest Chapel in Williamsport, Indiana. If you're in the area, we would love to have you as our guest. Harvest Chapel is located at 418 Old State Road 28, Williamsport, Indiana 47993. We meet for worship on Sundays at 10 a.m. Our prayer meetings meet Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Our Bible study meets on Friday at 7 p.m. Today's and previous messages are available on CD. If you would like a copy, please call 765-404-7203. We look forward to seeing you again next time on Who Am I? Whom shall I?